All right, welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. Uh, this is part of our series on the Passion Week through Jewish eyes. And if you heard the last one, or if you didn't hear the last one, make sure you go back and you listen. What we're gonna do this week is we're walking through what is happening with Jesus during this Passion Week. We know that he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey on the 10th of Nisan. And now we're gonna get into the conversations. We're gonna get into what's happening during this week in the setting aside of the Lamb of God. Now, this particular Passover was different from any other Passover. Why is that, Dad? Sometimes I think that we should add a fifth question, you know, uh, in into our Passover uh, Seder. You know, we're, we typically have four questions that the youngest, uh, you know, kid in the family asks. But uh, maybe we should put a fifth question into our Haggadah. Is why is this Passover different from all other Passovers? Because this Passover is the climax of what Luke lays out for us beginning in chapter 9 and verse 51 and going all the way through chapter 19 uh, and verse 27 in his gospel, uh, and that particularly in verse 51, that he set his face toward Jerusalem. That is to say that Yeshua, Jesus, set his face toward Jerusalem. He had a goal in mind and a mission, and there was nothing that was going to sidetrack him from that at this point. Right. And he's going through, this is the beginning, what we, we call the travel narrative and he's going through and they're making preparations. But even in the very beginning, uh, people are, are rejecting and they're not receiving him. Um, but his face continues to be set toward Jerusalem and they continue to move forward. So we, we see this over the next 10 chapters of Luke. Yeah, it really represents a dramatic uh, turning point in Yeshua's ministry. Uh, and after this, uh, Galilee is no longer his base of operation. You know, I, th I think Luke makes the point more dramatically than the others that Jesus is determined as he is moving toward Jerusalem to complete this mission as the final atonement for sin. And we find that in Luke 22, verses 14 to 20. You can go back as a reference with that. Right. So by the uh, time he gets to Jerusalem and the event of the triumphal entry, it's the 10th of the Jewish month of Nisan. And you look at Exodus 12 and verses three to six, it was on the 10th day that the lamb was to be set aside for the Passover sacrifice. And now between the 10th and the 14th of Nisan, the lamb has to be inspected. The lamb has to be scrutinized and it has to be tested to be sure that it was without spot or blemish. Yeah. And of course, this little segment that we're doing is addressing the issue of the setting aside of the lamb. And so as uh, the day comes when Yeshua rides into Jerusalem on that day, it was the day of the setting aside of the lamb of God here. And over the next few days, there was a testing to prove that this particular lamb was without spot or blemish. Uh, you know, Peter gives us a comment on it in first Peter chapter one, verses uh, 18 and 19. He says, knowing that you were redeemed with precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Messiah. Wow. Yeah. Well, the, the purpose of this triumphal entry is Jesus is not there to offer himself as king or even to reoffer the kingdom to the people. 
um, we know, and as we talked about in the last episode, that kingdom, uh, the kingdom of God will be reoffered at the end of the tribulation. So what, what's happening on this day is that the true lamb of God was set aside for a period of testing to prove that he was without spot or blemish. So what happens next? Well, what happens next is that he sends his disciples out to find a colt on which no one has ever sat. Uh, untie him, he says, and bring him to me in Mark uh, chapter 11. So, you know, we don't stop and realize, I think we can gloss over some of these verses, uh, you know, it's just kind of telling the story, but this is a miracle. <laughs> uh, we have an unbroken cult, cult. And what this is doing is it's demonstrating his authority over the natural world, the animal kingdom. Uh, we can think of another time when this happened in the Old Testament with Daniel and the lions, you know, uh, and the Lord kept their mouths shut. Uh, so he he is doing the same thing that he did with Daniel centuries earlier. So as he rides into Jerusalem, he is fulfilling the messianic prophecy that Zechariah spoke of in chapter nine and verse nine, and that Matthew records in chapter 21 and verses four and five, as he is showing himself to be the Jewish Messiah fulfilling prophecy. Right now, the response of the Jewish people as he's riding in they start cutting down palm branches. They lay them in front of the colt that he's riding on. They're crying out Hoshana, which is Hosanna, Lord save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In Hebrew, we say, Baruch Habab Hashem Adonai. Um, this is actually coming from Psalm 118, verse 26. It's a messianic greeting. Uh, when they said this, the people were proclaiming Jesus to be the Messiah of Israel. Now, usually these things are reserved for Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, not Passover. What's yeah. what's going on with this? They were doing this with the expectation that the kingdom was coming. And so they, you know, they injected Sukkot into this event uh, and, and they figured that uh, the kingdom is coming. Everything is going to be fulfilled, according to Zechariah 14. And they're moving from this point right to the Feast of Tabernacles, you know, and that it's going to be fulfilled and the Messianic kingdom is going to come. You know, a similar thing happened. Uh, go back in the gospel. Uh, I think it's Matthew chapter 17 when, on the Mount of Transfiguration. And we find there. Uh, Jesus and Moses and Elijah and Peter is just taken with the whole thing. And he says, let's build a tabernacle. Let's build a tent, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. And what is Peter doing? He's doing the same thing that they're doing here in Matthew 21. Yep. He is jumping right from he's skipping the Passover and, and the sacrifice and the atonement and everything and going right to the Feast of Tabernacles, the okay. kingdom. And you can go back to our podcast that we did in season one, where we talk about tabernacles, but tabernacles is, is one of these feasts that's yet to be fulfilled. And it's, it's talking about this time. There will, there will come a day still, even today, uh, that, that the kingdom of God will be set up here on earth. The Lord will be with his people tabernacles. It means God is dwelling with us. The kingdom is here and at hand and there's good intention, but the theology is wrong. You know, to think of these, things that Jesus is doing as he's riding in on the donkey, fulfilling Sukkot, it, it betrays their lack of understanding of what comes first. We have to have the death before we have the resurrection. We have to have Passover um, so we can have atonement. And they blow right past that to the kingdom, which was their want 
but not their need. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of chuckling here, but it's not funny. Uh, but they're missing a, a major point, you know, and while the people are proclaiming him to be the Messiah, the Pharisees, on the other hand, are objecting. And look at their comments in, in John chapter 12 and verse 19. They're saying the whole world has gone after him. That's their perspective. Man, everybody is following him. Right. And, and in Luke 19, they say, rebuke your disciples. And he says, I tell you that if these hold their peace, the stones are going to cry out. In other words, you know, there must be a testimony that the Messiah has come. Right. What, yeah. what follows next in the next few verses in Luke uh, 19 verses 40 to 41 makes it really clear that he's not riding into Jerusalem to offer himself as a king or to bring the kingdom. The people proclaimed his messiahship, that he indeed is the Messiah, but his words were words of judgment. Listen to this. He says, when, when, when he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it, saying, if you had known in this day, even you, the things which make for peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. And they will level you to the ground and your children within you. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. Holy moly. Wow. That's a whole thing right yeah. there. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Yeshua is just weeping over Jerusalem because they missed the day of their visitation. They they should have known. They particularly should have known from Zechariah, but they missed it. No matter how many Baruch Habas or Hoshanas, they said the kingdom was not coming, at least not at this point. Uh, they could not change what had happened a year and a half earlier. Uh, when the unpardonable sin was committed by that generation. And by the way, it's not possible for you to commit the unpardonable sin today. That was something that was specific to that Jewish generation who had the Messiah in their midst, heard his teaching, saw his miracles. That was the unpardonable sin because they attributed all of that to the devil. And so that generation, the offer was rescinded from. Once again, we say the leadership rejected it and, uh, that, that meant judgment was coming. And in spite of all of the miracles and the signs and the wonders and the teaching and the preaching, the proclaiming and everything that uh, they had witnessed in the course of his ministry, they still did not recognize the time of their visitation. They didn't recognize that he was riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, just like just like Zechariah had prophesied. They should have known what Daniel said that the Messiah was going to be cut, was going to come and was going to be cut off in Daniel chapter nine. They should have understood the time of their visitation. In fact, when Yeshua rode into Jerusalem, it was exactly 173,880 days from the time that the proclamation was given to rebuild Jerusalem. That was the prophecy. And they should have known he arrived on exactly the day that he was supposed to arrive. It ended up the 10th of Nisan and it fulfilled the prophecy perfectly. And they didn't know the time of their visitation. Right. We, we would need a whiteboard and a few hours to walk yeah. through what's going on there and, and maybe some math geniuses, but there are people who've done it and, um, and parsed all of that out. And that line, they, they did not recognize the day of their visitation, that, that judgment upon the people, you, you look at them and you say, how could they have missed it? And, and then you look at 
us today and you think <laughs> there's still people who are still missing it today. We, the, the visitation, he, he will visit again. Again, it's going back to Joseph, right? Um, the Lord will come, he'll send a deliverer and he will visit you. Um, and, and we yeah. still miss it. So um, we're going to wrap here. But uh, on that day, the 10th of Nisan, the lamb of God was set aside from the 10th until the 14th. The lamb would be tested to show that he was without spot or blemish. And tomorrow we're going to get into these interactions that Jesus is having with the leaders in Israel. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it for today. And I know we said that this is going to be short. This is as short as we could do it. Uh, but tomorrow, I promise, it's going to be shorter. Um, thanks for joining us. And we pray that this would be deeply significant for you as you trace the steps of the Messiah, the King of Israel, the King who was, who is, who is to come, uh, that this would be significant for you as we head towards the death and the resurrection of our coming King. Amen. All right. Shalom. Shalom.